How many people in here are getting tired of all these barriers and stuff in here? Yes. Slowly, they are going to start going away. And I'm going to go ahead and announce this right now. I just talked with the health department this last week, and um, we had some new breakthroughs. And July 1st, Rick is going to get to have Modified Youth back on Wednesday nights. July 8th, Erica Yates will be introducing Kids Church back on Wednesday nights. And then by July 12th, we will have um, all regular services of Kids Church, Youth, Sunday School, and Nurseries on July 12th. Uh, you want me to be perfectly honest with you, right? Because that's one thing that I uh, vowed to do, um, is to be perfectly honest with you. We've got these different barriers and things like that in here in place for, for whatever reason that the state has asked us to do for safety. But we've had barriers and things come between us in this church way before this virus. And I'm, I'm tired of it. We don't have to put up with the works of the devil. We can take authority over that in the name of Jesus. And just like the Israelites marching around the walls of Jericho, and at the appointed time, whenever they would let out the sound of praise and they would give a loud shout, the walls come tumbling down. And there's going to come a time whenever these walls here are going to come down in this building. But more importantly, I want the barriers between us as Christian brothers and sisters to come down way before that. Amen. It don't have to be like that. We're better than that. We're better together. And, and not because of our own ability, but what Christ does in our lives. So there's that for the barriers that are here. And it may be such a thing that whenever we do get the go-ahead to pull those down, we're just going to have to make a big ordeal about it and, and give out a, a large shout of praise and just take them all down at the same time. You can probably do that, Marvin. Hey, I want you to look over here at Aaron Landris' hair. Yeah. <laughs> he had a hard time getting into the barber and because there's such a long line. And I said, hey, I see a need. We're going to fill a need. Get out here to the Ranger building. And I cut his hair. Now, a little disclosure, I'm not no, uh, what do you call him, a cosmetologist, some kind of ologist. <laughs> I'm not one of those. But he needed a haircut. <laughs> if you've never been here and been around me, you uh, probably have got some getting used to with me. What you see is what you get, and... There you go. One person thinks it's good, so. 
I want authentic, don't you? I love going, one of my favorite things to do is to go to the farmer's market, any farmer's market. And I have this little thing about me that's kind of odd, but the people that I like to shop at, at the farmer's market, usually isn't the guys that pull in in the great big trailers and, and everything. I usually like the little mom and pop deals where they've got a, just a pickup truck and you can tell that they actually grew the vegetables and everything. And I like purchasing off of them because I know they're the real deal, aren't they? And um, it just, just makes, me, makes me feel better. And, it, uh, you know, this, the movement has been going through before all this virus, but even now, people are caring more about where their food comes from, don't they? And how it was raised. I, uh, I'm the same way. I'd like to get a hog butchered and stuff like that, but uh, there's a long wait at the packing place. But I want the real deal. I don't want fake meat. I don't want fake this and that. I want the real thing. I've had fake meat before, and it just, it's no good. <laughs> Does weird things to you. You know me, I'm a connoisseur of desserts. And I like my pie homemade. I mean, I'll eat about anything. But I like my pie homemade, and I tell you what, there is just, we have a large number of the most amazing pie makers here at the church, and uh, Debbie, her and some of the other ladies uh, taught a, uh, a class that we had here a while back on making homemade pie, and I took that as well, my daughter and, and uh, my son's uh, girlfriend, and we just had a blast doing it, and now... I can make a legit pie crust. I like authentic. I want the real deal. Because you can spot a fake a mile away, can't you? So, what's the Bible say about the real deal? About being authentic and being true to who you are? Let's turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 33 through 40. 1 Samuel 17, verse 33 through 40. I would have never thought that people would be drinking out of plastic water bottles and if you're at a convenience store paying a dollar something for water. I remember the old days whenever I was hauling hay, you'd be out all day and you'd get so thirsty and you'd go over to the well when you got up to the barn lot and you'd pump that handle. You kids don't know anything about this. You'd pump that handle and you'd stick your head under there because it was about 100 degrees out and you would drink up that well water and there'd be all kinds of rust and stuff in it. But you didn't care because you was about to croak. But it was the real deal, wasn't it? Back in those days, there wouldn't have been a water bottle like this. We'd have had a bucket with one of those ladles on it, and I'd be drinking like that. I appreciate the water bottle. 1 Samuel 17, verse 33 through 40. Starts out um, setting it up. David is um, got this big bully, Goliath, and it's taunting the Israelites. And, of course, nobody wants to fight this dude because he's so big, um, big bad dude. David, he wants to know 
what the deal is. The brothers tell him, people are talking about it. David asks again what is going to be done for the one who defeats the giant. And they tell him again, of course, his older brother, he got kind of upset with David and said that he was just there, just wanting to, to be nosy and, and everything. But David, no, he's the real deal. He wants to, he, he ain't going to take this anymore. And he's tired of, of, uh, of being pushed around in this manner by this giant. He's not going to tell them how it's going to be because that's just not going to happen. And... Um, and it says, and Saul said to David, because so, David was wanting to go fight him. And Saul said to David, you're not able to go against the Philistines to fight with him. You are a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. Thank goodness for the youth in this church that step up to the plate. We've got three of them that are going to be preaching right here, tag team preaching, the 24th on a Wednesday night. And I'm very proud of those kids. And um, that's not an easy thing to do because you guys are a pretty tough crowd. (laughs) And so extremely proud of the youth in this church because a lot of us are getting older. And for me, uh, yeah, I've got a few good years left in me, but it ain't getting better. I mean, I'm hurting more and more every day. We need some young people stepping up to the plate, don't we? I want the real deal. Verse 34 says, But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth, and when it rose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. I'm reading out of the New King James Version caught it by its beard and struck out and killed it. Other versions say grabbed him by the fur and punched his lights out. (laughs) Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. I don't know about you guys, but I ain't never fought no lion, nor a bear. We was just, uh, actually me and Missy was back there talking about Gatlinburg and about the bear issues in Gatlinburg. And um, my, uh, our son, he's up in Alaska and they've got, they had a grizzly bear coming up into their back behind their house and this and that that's being kind of a menace and everything. I've never fought a bear. I can't even imagine how you'd go about it. I mean, I know they won't wear boxing gloves or anything like that. I don't even think I could take a koala bear. I mean, Fred, thank you. If it was a baby. I mean, I could probably beat the stuffings out of a teddy bear. But no, there's no way I could go up against a bear, or a lion. And there's no way that David could either on his own. But with God on his side, whatever was put in front of him, David can do. Whatever battles he's got to fight, God's the one 
with the power that is fighting the battle for him. David's just the vessel that is willing. I have fought a pit bull before. Got, well, I didn't fight him. I got attacked by him. And uh, he, he won. I got 27 stitches on the privates. Anyway, uh, if I couldn't defeat a pit bull, there's no way I could defeat a bear. But with God on my side, I can do whatever he asked me to do. He wants us to be the real deal. So Saul clothed David with his armor and he put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk without these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. You know, I've often read this, and I've, I've had lots of different thoughts and different revelations about this whole scripture here. And, um, you know, I can sometimes relate with Saul on this because um, sometimes you want to live vicariously through your kids, you know. Like I, my, some of my, boy, my two uh, older boys, they're um, very musically inclined. And um, sometimes I will try to tell them what they should and shouldn't do and how they should do it and sometimes pick their songs out for them and this and that. But that's me trying to do it my way whenever God's got something fresh for them. And so uh, I think it's sometimes in the same manner Saul may have been doing the same thing, wanting David to do things just his way, but God's got a new thing for David, doesn't he? He wants David to do it his way, what he's equipped David to do. And you know, that's the thing is, whenever you try to be something that you're not, it don't work, does it? I mean, granted, we've got to stretch ourselves and learn new things. But what's true to your heart, you have to do what God's equipped you to do and with the tools that he's given you to do it. You've got to be the real deal because, like I said earlier, people can spot a phony a mile away. I had uh, a, uh, one time I was cooking fish someplace and there was a, a lady that was, older lady from uh, uh, New Orleans, and she said, uh, Son, you've got to come down to New Orleans and fry fish. And I said, why is that? And she said, because this tastes better than our fish down here. She said, you're the real deal. And I thought, well, no, I'm not, because I'm just some goofy preacher that's cooking fish up here in southern Illinois. But thank you. I had two good teachers that taught me how to do this. And so two of the best teachers in the world. But I thought it was just really great for her to acknowledge to me that she thought I was the real deal. And um, anyway, it was, just, uh, it was just really, really made me feel good that someone, someone acknowledged that I'm not a fake. But more importantly, I want to be true to who I am in Christ. I don't want to be placed one thing at Walmart and be something else here. I don't want to be one thing at anywhere outside of here and then me act a different way here. I want to be whatever you see here is what you're going to see on the outside. But I want all of us to be like that. 
we have got a church full of greatest people that I've ever come into a relationship with here. And individually, we're awesome. But sometimes along the way, together, everybody gets their own direction or ideas or this or that. And what we're going to do over this next year is we're going to really come together and we're going to press forward in one unified mission and one unified vision to accomplish what God has called us to do and what he has designed us to be. And uh, you guys are the greatest people on the planet and God's going to help us to be even better. So then he took his staff in his hand, this is David, and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook. And he put them in a shepherd's bag, in a pouch which he had, his sling was, which, in a pouch which he had, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. I did not realize this, hon, but David also carried a man bag. <laughs> you know, back in those times, you know, you had to. You had to have a place to, you know, you'd, Put your sling and your stones and stuff like that, things like that. I carry a man bag from time to time, but I have tape measure and uh, uh, screwdrivers and, you know, manly stuff. <laughs> carry my cologne in there. <laughs> One time, my wife said, uh, man, you got a lot of cologne on. It's, what did you do? I said, no, I didn't. That's just my natural smell. He took his staff in his hand and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the book and he put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had and his sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine. David didn't need what was good for Saul. Right. David needed what was good for David. Right. I mean, he was the real deal. He was back in his wheelhouse. You know, he's not used to doing... Um, the, sling, the uh, sword and the, all the armor and everything, he's down to the real raw of how he had been operating, of what God had gifted him and had, had empowered him to be able to use. And so David, he was a master at his craft. And the thing of it is, is as time progressed, I'm sure David took on new weapons. He took on new techniques and everything. But for that time being... He had to go with what was true for him. And that's what God has called us to be, is true to ourselves, true to what he's gifted us for. You know, and the, the great example is we serve a God that is the real deal. Right. It is not a false idol. It is not some fake. What Jesus Christ had accomplished on the cross, that was as real as it gets as real as it gets. Thank God, thank you, Lord, for sending your son to save me, to give his life so that I could have grace, that he would offer grace to me even whenever I don't deserve it because I don't deserve it and neither do you because all of us have sinned and fall short, you know, but he gives it to us freely that came at a cost. You know, that's one of the things that um, over this next year, 
we're not going to introduce a zillion new programs. We don't need a zillion new programs. What we need is we need to pull together. And God will do a new thing in our life. He'll take what he's already equipped us with and make it better. Whenever we bow down to him and say, God, you direct us and we'll do it. And so um, over this next year, um, whenever people say Orchardville Church, they're going to say, oh, yeah, I've heard of that place, man. They're the real deal. Those guys, you know, they say they're Christians, but they live it too. And that's, what, that's how we want people to know us as, as the real deal. Amen. If you would, bow your heads with me today. Maybe, you know, you're in the point in your life where you, you, you feel like, man, I just, haven't, I just haven't, uh, haven't felt like that things have been very real for me lately. And God, I just need to, I need to come clean with you. I need to come clean with myself. And I need you to just take control of my life. I give you the reins over to take control of my life. And maybe you're somebody who's never, just never done that before. You've never given your life to Christ. Today is the day to just get really real because he's offering you the ultimate gift, the gift of sacrifice of his son and the gift of grace and salvation that he extends to you. So if you would pray with me. Father, I just thank you for this day. Lord, I just ask and pray, Lord, that you would come into my life. Jesus, I, I admit that I'm a sinner. And I believe that you're the Son of God. And I confess that you are Lord. And that I, I want you as the Lord and Savior of my life. Now, if that's the first time that you've ever really gotten real with God and, and prayed that, you're born again. But if you've fallen away from him and you're just like, Lord, I need help. Forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Restore me. Restore me, God. You can rededicate your life today. And I pray, Lord, that anybody that feels that way or, or is in that position, that they'd turn their life to you and repent. Repent and not just out of fear, but repent wanting change in their life. We just... We just thank you, Lord, for all that you do for us. And those that are hurting in body today, any, in their body, physical ailments, whatever's hurting them today, or if there's something in their spirit that is just troubling them, with every, every head bowed, I'd ask you to raise your hand if you're having physical issues in your body or your mind or your spirit today. Just go ahead and slip your hand up real quick, and I'll know who to pray for. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. God, I thank you for those that have raised their hand and those that may even have not of. Lord, I just ask and pray, Lord, for your healing touch upon them. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I ask for healing, health, and wholeness throughout their bodies. Lord, those that are having difficulties in their mind and their spirit, I pray, Lord, that you would become very real to them today. 
and in whatever means necessary, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would come alive in their life. Lord, help us to be what you've called us to be and what you've designed us to be. Help us to be the church that you've asked us to be, to reach out to others, Lord, so that others may then share their testimony with their friends and their relatives. And, and, and God, I know that sometimes it's hard for us to talk, talk to our relatives. And Lord, if there be anybody that needs, needs their family saved, I pray that you would place even somebody else in their life. Lord, if that'd be me, if that'd be me, just direct us. Holy Spirit, take over our lives. Give us guidance and direction and discernment. God, I just, I just thank you for this day and I thank you for this congregation. I know that you, you're gonna do a great work in us. Lord, help us to be very real today. In Jesus' name, amen. I thank you all so much for your faithfulness and your dedication. Orchardville, give yourselves a big hand and give God a big hand today. <laughs>